Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, Falcoholics. What is up? Welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Knight, here to bring you a preview of the Falcons' upcoming matchup with the Steelers in Week 13. Once again, had a hard time getting a Steelers guest in here. We will continue to try to do that whenever possible and hopeful that we'll be able to build more and more uh, relationships with folks over the years, but uh, we don't play the Steelers very often here in Atlanta. It's actually a matchup that doesn't happen very frequently because it's an AFC team. So I don't know too many Steelers people, to be completely honest, and the ones that I did know were busy. So uh, it's just me today. But as always, I'm going to try to bring you a reasoned take uh, looking at the Steelers, looking at every measure I can. I won't claim to have watched a lot of Steelers games this year, but. Uh, definitely looking at the stats, looking at their PFF grades, checking on the injury report and all that stuff to try to give you guys an idea of what to expect from this Steelers team. And honestly, Pittsburgh is on the upswing. Uh, this is a team that started off really struggling. Um, they did go to rookie Kenny Pickett early in the year uh, at quarterback going to him in week four. Uh, veteran Mitch Trubisky was the starter up until that point. And in some conversations with some Steelers folks, it's actually kind of funny that the Steelers and the Falcons in a very similar spot at quarterback going into this season, both teams signed a veteran who had previously been a starter, the Steelers with Mitch Trubisky, Falcons with Marcus Mariota, and drafted a rookie in the 2022 NFL draft. Of course, the Steelers took the first quarterback in Kenny Pickett in the first round where the Falcons waited till the third round to select Desmond Ritter. Uh, and unsurprisingly, the Steelers went to their rookie first, uh, going to Kenny Pickett early, early in the year in week four after Trubisky struggled to start the season. It hadn't, it, the off- offense hasn't necessarily gotten a lot better with Pickett at the helm. I do think he's calmed down in recent weeks and has been playing better. Uh, the team as a whole has been playing a lot better, particularly after their bye, uh, which was about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And they've won two of their last three since their bye week after going just uh, just two wins in their first eight games, then the bye, and then two weeks since. A lot of that has to do with their health situation. TJ Watt is back in the lineup, obviously one of the best defensive players in the NFL. So that's a big addition coming back. Uh, but they do have some other injuries to contend with this week, and that's where we'll sort of kick off this show. Just a quick reminder, folks. To like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, we really appreciate the help there. And if you're listening to this on your podcast platforms, please leave us a five-star review if you enjoy the show. Uh, really appreciate that as well. It helps us grow. And, of course, you can check out the live show, The Falcoholic Live, on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, as well as after the games on Sunday for our post-game coverage. Appreciate everyone for coming and checking us out. Thank you, guys. Um, 
All right, so on to the game itself. We'll start with the injury report. I record the show on Thursday, so I have two days of injury reports to look at for you. Uh, with the Falcons, it's a short report, thankfully. Uh, the big name on here is Arnold Ebicady, who left Sunday's game against the Commanders with a forearm injury. Apparently, that has been wrapped up in a cast. However, he has been limited. He has not missed practice, so he was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll continue to monitor that. I would expect a questionable designation for Ebicady on Friday, but we'll still have to see. Uh, in positive injury news, Jalen Dalton, the defensive tackle, was out on Wednesday with a toe injury, but did return to limited practice on Thursday, so that is an improvement. Whereas Chuma Idoga, who had previously started at left guard a couple weeks ago, missed this last game with a knee injury, returned to practice on Wednesday and was limited. However, was downgraded to out on Thursday, so that's definitely worth monitoring. He may be in, in significant risk of, of not playing this week as well. The only other name on the injury report was Cordero Patterson, but he just had a rest day on Wednesday and was back to full practice on Thursday. So no concern there for Patterson. So relatively short, thankfully, list for the Falcons. Steelers, much longer list. So we'll focus on the big names, um, namely running back Najee Harris, uh, sort of the engine of that offense, one of their most effective players, both in the pass and run game. He has missed both Wednesday and Thursday's practice with an oblique injury that I believe he sustained uh, last weekend and caused him to exit the game. Uh, so that is a significant injury to monitor as Harris is obviously a huge part of the Steelers offensive attack, both in terms of he catches a lot of passes out of the backfield and he's their their primary running back. So that's definitely one to monitor at cornerback. Akello Witherspoon has been a starter for the Steelers. However, he uh did not participate on Wednesday or Thursday as well with the hamstring injury. So his status for the game seems to be insignificant doubt. That's definitely one to monitor. We did have another uh, player downgraded today on Thursday uh, after participating on Wednesday. That was Larry Ogunjobi, the defensive tackle. He was limited on Wednesday, and it was downgraded to out on Thursday. So that is one to monitor. He is one of their starting defensive tackles for agent that actually was interested in the Falcons potentially signing this offseason. Um, and there's been a little bit of confusion, I think, on Miles Jack. It did look like on one of the reports that I saw that Jack was listed as DNP. However, on the Falcons website, aka what I believe is the official one, he's listed it as limited both days. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on with Jack. Um, he may have missed Thursday or he may have been limited, but he's been limited both days. Um, in terms of other guys, uh, I believe Jalen Warren was downgraded to limited, or excuse me, Jalen Warren's back to full, but Benny Snell was downgraded to limited after practicing fully on Wednesday. So uh, that could be a new injury. It could just be rest management, that sort of thing. But certainly a lot of big names to monitor there. Uh, and of course, TJ Watt, he's been playing. However, he was limited in both practices. So he's probably not quite 100% yet either. Um, so the Steelers fairly banged up at this point. That could be a potential advantage for the Falcons, of course, who have are missing quite a few players. Kyle Pitts, of course, this week had the season-ending knee surgery. He was going to be out for at least a few more games no matter what on IR, but the decision to have the surgery officially shuts him down. So that's significant. Um, the other name to monitor would be Elijah Wilkinson, who did return to practice on Wednesday and was designated to return off IR. For those that don't remember, Wilkinson is the Falcons' starting left guard this year. Actually played pretty well. Um, he's He's been out for four games. This was his, his window to return. 
He did practice in a limited fashion on Wednesday, but was held out today. And it seems unlikely that he will be activated for this week's game. But maybe after the bye could potentially be uh, an opportunity for Wilkinson to return. And I think that's important for him because I think he could be playing for a contract here in Atlanta if he keeps up his current level of play, which I think was a average to above average. So um, that's nothing to shake a stick at considering what the Falcons left guard situation was like in 2021. Um, so definitely... A lot of names to monitor there for the Steelers. Obviously, Najee Harris being out would be big. Uh, It does look like Jalen Warren, who's their sort of primary backup, will be back. But Benny Snell popped up as limited today with an injury. So that could be a very thin running back room for the Steelers on Sunday. And then, of course, um, Larry Ogunjobi, a starting defensive lineman. That's always a big deal against the Falcons because they're going to test your defensive line depth by how much they run the football. Um, And then Miles Jack, a starting linebacker. If he's out, that obviously doesn't help that situation either so we'll continue to monitor those players uh and just keep an eye on the injury report on friday for some more clarification about the status of those guys um so going into this game just looking at the raw stats you would think the falcons would be significant favorites they've got more wins they have been much more productive overall on offense despite three games under 20 points in the last four weeks the falcons are still 14th in scoring this is a down year for the nfl in terms of scoring as a whole But the Falcons haven't necessarily been lighting it up, but they have consistently put up points in the 20s. They're in a bit of a slump now, so that that is something to to monitor. Um, The Steelers have really struggled on offense in terms of points scored. They're 28th right now. They're still under 200 points on the season, and they haven't been as good on defense as you would expect for the Steelers either. Just 24th. Uh, in scoring, allowing 23.7 points per game. For reference, the Falcons are 25th, allowing just over 24 points per game. So in terms of defense, both these teams about the same, statistically speaking, uh, going into this matchup. So it's interesting that depending on the site you're looking at, the Falcons are possibly home underdogs. On some sites, they are one-point home underdogs, which of course is I mean, if it's one point spread, it's basically a coin flip pick sort of situation. Some sites have the Falcons as one point favorites, but either way, the Falcons are very, very much not expected to be like a favorite in this game at all. Um, and you look at it because the Steelers are sort of on the upswing after their bye, whereas the Falcons, like I said, are in a four game slump offensively where they just haven't been effective except for that Bears game this Falcons offense has really struggled um, and they don't seem to really be finding their footing either I mean they can run the ball we know that but the passing game is is bad and without Kyle Pitts it's worse so um, definitely a tough game coming up here um, because what the Steelers when we'll start off here with our typical preview uh, the Steelers pass defense versus the Falcons pass offense and Atlanta has had to adjust some things in the passing game with no Kyle Pitts. We've seen more Michael Pruitt. We've seen a lot of Parker Hesse, as always. Also saw Anthony Ferkser activated for this one um, for last week's game. So, and the wide receiver room is fine, like for the most part. I think Drake London has been great. We've, we've I think, really appreciated what he's been able to bring. Uh, Alameda Zacchaeus has been a very good wide receiver two type of guy. He's really stepped up this year, even in a low volume situation, just making plays. And then we also have Demir Bird and Kadero Hodge. And this is like a wide receiver room that's respectable. Like these guys aren't world beaters, but they're perfectly good contributors. Uh, and you have to think if the Falcons had a, a better quarterback situation, more consistent passing, that they could be pushing for, you know, significant production, not every week, but certainly 
on off weeks and things like that. And there'd be more intrigue with this group, but there's really not uh, at the moment because of the sort of sorry state of this passing attack. Um, and of course we know Marcus Mariota as a passer, he's capable of making any throw and he's capable of missing any throw. That's sort of been the story with Mariota this year, had some wow throws, had some great plays, and then he'll just miss sort of the easy layup passes and, and is just sort of off target. The whole passing game just seems sort of disjointed and, and discombobulated. And that lack of consistency has made it very challenging for the Falcons to consistently string together drives. Um, the good news is they're going up against a pass defense uh, of the Steelers, which has been one of the worst in the NFL. They are 32nd in passing touchdowns allowed. They've allowed 23 on the season, which is of course a, a lot of passing touchdowns. Um, and they have allowed the 30th most yards, almost 3,000 on the season uh, as well. And they're also 27th in net yards per attempt allowed. So this is a struggling pass defense. Um, they have managed to get a lot of interceptions. So they're very similar to the Falcons in that way that they've been opportunistic in creating turnovers in the secondary. But other than that, they're sort of a sieve back there. Um they do have some some notable players there, right, that you would expect. Like Minka Fitzpatrick at safety is really good. Terrell Edmonds is a solid guy back there as well. They do have Cam Sutton at cornerback, who's been playing well this year. He's sort of the bright spot in that corner room. But the other cornerback positions have been big liabilities for them. Levi Wallace at one spot has has struggled. Uh, they had Akella Witherspoon out there. And he has also been hurt and struggled. It look, it seems like the next man up would be Arthur Mollet, I believe is how you say it. I could be wrong about that. Um, and he's, of course, struggled. So they've they've been struggling at, in the slot, and they've been struggling on the outside spot opposite Cam Sutton. Um, and it's just not a great group overall. And then, of course, the linebacker situation with Devin Bush and Miles Jack in coverage is not great either. So it's, it's a, a, a matchup that the Falcons could exploit. The issue is that the Steelers' pass rush is very good, especially now with the return of T.J. Watt. So, uh, and it's not just T.J. Watt either. Like this is a very dangerous group. Alex Highsmith has been exceptional um, on the other side of it, and and with Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt, that is a dominant duo. They also still have Cam Hayward on the interior, who's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL, uh, and Larry Larry Ogunjobi, who whose I guess status could be in doubt for this game. He's been quite serviceable as well as their other primary interior pass rusher so that pass rush against the Falcons pass protection is certainly something to be concerned about I think Atlanta has gotten incredible play from Chris Lindstrom at right guard he is the best interior offensive lineman in the NFL this year according to PFF and this number two overall offensive lineman he's been awesome you love to see that uh, and the tackles I think have both played well I think Caleb McGarry has really improved this year and Jake Matthews is still his rock solid self, even in his advancing age. Uh, the issues have been at left guard where since Elijah Wilkinson has left, it's sort of just been a revolving door of guys due to injury and the team really just trying to find someone to step in there. Colby Gossett, I think had a bounce back game last week, uh, against the commanders and they really did handle that. I think pretty well, but on the whole, this is not a, a good left side interior and drew dominant center. It's just been, very mediocre. Um, as a run blocker, I think he's been good, but as a pass blocker, very unreliable. Doesn't I think the protect the calling of the protections has been inconsistent there, and the snapping has continued to be an issue every single week. So, um, 
I think this is a matchup where Cam Hayward could could really have a, a good one. And then, of course, even with good tackles, I think uh, T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith are going to give Matthews and McGarry some fits. So that that's going to be a tough matchup there. Um, and, and one to watch. The Falcons haven't passed a lot. They'll have to pass, I believe, in this game and any game to really have a chance to win. They can take advantage of the secondary, but they're not going to have a lot of time in the pocket. They're going to have to get creative about how they do it, and they're going to have to be really careful to avoid the sacks and the turnovers because we know how deadly those negative plays are to this Falcons offense that can't really afford to get off track early. Um, moving to the Falcons rushing attack versus the Pittsburgh rush defense. Uh, this is another example of a strength on strength here. Pittsburgh has been good against the run, allowing just four yards per carry, which is sixth in the NFL. Uh, they've also allowed just six rushing touchdowns. Um, which is fourth best. Now, when they've allowed the most passing touchdowns, that sort of explains, you know, maybe teams are just throwing the ball in the red zone and that's sort of the secret. Uh, but they've also been sixth in total yardage allowed. So this is a good run defense. Um, I don't, I wouldn't be concerned about the Falcons not being able to run the ball here. The Falcons we know are the fourth best rushing attack in the NFL, fifth in yards per carry. They just ran the ball extremely well against the commanders who were eating even better run defense on the whole. So, I'm not concerned about this matchup, but it is a good run defense. Um, the you know the, the edges we know are terrific. We know that defensive line is good. Obviously, Ogan Ogan uh, Ogan Joby, if he's missing this game, that's a hit to that interior. They still have Cam Hayward, but uh, without Ogan Joby out there, it, it does take a hit in terms of the depth. So that could be a potential uh, problem spot there for the Steelers. They still do have Chris Wormley, who's been playing a good. A uh, number of snaps for them, and they've got you know rookie Demarvin Leal, who I believe has returned off of IR. But these guys, uh, it's not quite as dangerous once you get past those top guys. And I think Tyson Alualu, their nose tackle, uh, he has really struggled this year, like really struggled, uh, which is sort of surprising considering how good he's been in years past. So I think that's a matchup where you would think the Falcons probably have an advantage just because they're it's really tough for anyone to stop their run game. Um, and I think again, testing the, this is one of those where it's, it could be difficult to get a lot of run on the outside because they have such good edge rushers. Uh, and the interior might be the weak spot, particularly if Ogan Joby is out. So this could be a matchup where you do see the Falcons try to push things up the middle against the Steelers defense because the, the linebackers haven't necessarily been great in run defense. Um, Miles Jack in particular has struggled there. I think Devin Bush has been better in that area. Um, so it's something to monitor, certainly. Um, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Their third linebacker, Robert Spillane, has also showed up on the injury report this week. He's been limited with an oblique injury, so the depth there could potentially be an issue. Um, and those are really the only three linebackers that have taken significant snaps for the Steelers all year. So uh, if, if any of those guys were to miss time or, or have issues, that would be a potentially big problem for them. Um, so I think overall, the Falcons, once again, are going to have to win with the run game and hope, hope that they can get something done in the pass game. Uh, it is a vulnerable pass defense. They do allow a lot of scores through the air. Can the Falcons pass protect long enough to make it happen? That That's sort of the big question there. Um, moving over to the defensive side of the ball again, the Steelers have struggled offensively, and it's surprising because you look at their their weapons situation, and it's good. Uh, I, I like everybody knows Deontay Johnson has been a very productive wide receiver in the NFL. 
George Pickens has been one of the most exciting to watch uh, rookies in terms of his his ability to produce just splash plays on the outside. I know Georgia fans are familiar there. And then Pat Fryermuth has been an excellent uh, addition at tight end. Uh, he's, I think, their leading receiver actually right now with 521 yards. Uh, Pickens is second with 510, and then Deontay Johnson third with 505. Uh the depth there's taken a hit. They did they did trade away Chase Claypool, and they don't really have any other receivers that are making any sorts of contributions. I mean, Gunnar Ozluski, right, uh, has 43 yards. Steven Sims, 23 yards. Not really anyone else making any plays. So it's basically Fryermuth, Pickens, and Johnson, and, and then Najee Harris catching passes out of the backfield. Uh, so it's sort of a very focused passing game unlike the Falcons who have sort of spread it around to a million guys um and part of the issue there too is Kenny Pickett hasn't necessarily been a great quarterback for them uh he's now started seven games thrown for 1600 yards and only three touchdowns that it's that's just there's no way to sugarcoat that that's a that's not good uh, and he's thrown eight picks. So three touchdowns, eight interceptions, just the red zone has not been there for them. Uh, and he's taken 23 sacks, which is just really rough, um, for only seven games for the, for the, you know, we, we complain about the Falcons pass protection. Mario has taken 27 sacks, but he's done that in 12 games. So, um, it's, it's an interesting situation there the, it's very inconsistent. We've seen Pickett hit those wild throws, uh, and they have all these weapons, but it just the, the offense hasn't really been great. I think over the last three weeks, they've had three of their best games. Uh, they scored 30 points against the Bengals, um, which is a good defense. So that's impressive. They did beat the Colts this last week, who's an, who are another good defense. Uh, and then they did also beat the Saints in week 10, uh, putting up 20, which who knows what that team is any given week. Um, so they've had three of their best offensive games uh, in the last three weeks. So that is something to monitor. They might sort of be finding their footing a little bit there. Uh, on the other hand, that the Falcons statistically, like the like the Steelers, are a bad pass defense. Uh, they're 28th in net yards per attempt. They are 28th in total yardage. So they're definitely a bottom tier pass defense. I do think that the return of AJ Terrell, and I think he AJ Terrell had his best game of the season against the Commanders last week, and just really, I think he only allowed one catch. Terry McLaurin and uh, his entire time covering him, which I think he was covering McLaurin on 73% of snaps. So that's impressive. Good to see him back in there. That's a big help. Um, you know, Darren Hall, I think in coverage has been good. The tackling has certainly left some things to be desired. And then Isaiah Oliver, sort of an up and down year, not what we were hoping necessarily that he would be a big impact player, but against the run, I think he's been good. But the problem with the Falcons pass defense has always been the, the pass rush. Um, and it really hinges on Arnold Ebikati because I think Ebikati has been a real bright spot there. He's really starting to come on, has a lot of pressures, doesn't have a lot of sacks, but is really starting to get there. And then he left the commander's game last week. And after he was gone, the pass rush was just abysmal. Once again, the Falcons don't have depth in the interior. Now with Taquan Graham out of the lineup, Jalen Dalton missed last week. They just, they don't have a lot of depth there. They do have Abdullah Anderson, who I think has been a nice, revelation as sort of an un, almost he wasn't undrafted but like a, a veteran signing um they've really had to rely a lot on guys like timmy horn who's been not good on uh, and, and okandeji who you know had that special teams blunder um and lorenzo carter well i think he's been a solid rotational guy hasn't lived up to expectations as one of their biggest free agent additions so 
the the Steelers offensive line is vulnerable. Um, I think James Daniels at right guard is a good situation. I think their their center um, Mason Cole has been solid, uh, but those other positions they're just mediocre uh, to bad. You know, I think right tackle is a is a tough spot. Um, so it they're vulnerable uh, to the pass rush, but can the Falcons take advantage is the big question there. Um, because as we all know, the secret to beating this Falcons defense is to throw the ball as much as you can because they just give up plays. Um, and they have the weapons to do it. Can they pass protect? That's that's the question. Um, similar, seems like a similar thing for the Falcons. Um, with the, the uh, Steelers' run game versus the Falcons' run defense, Atlanta's run defense has continued to sort of shrink down the rankings, but on a per carry basis, they're still solid. They're like a league average run defense, which I think is pretty good considering the complete and utter lack of depth on that defensive line. They're 16th in yards per carry allowed. Uh, They are 21st in overall rushing yards allowed, but they faced uh, some of the most, I think they've faced the 25th most carries of any team. So that is, you know, Taken into context, which is what yards per carry does, they've they've actually been pretty solid, uh, like an average run defense, almost exactly average. Um, and the Steelers have been a mediocre rushing attack, which is surprising when you when you know that they have Najee Harris, who has been a, a very productive runner. They're actually only twentieth in yards per carry uh, and twenty first in yardage, so they're not they're running about a, at about a league average level. They're fourteenth in carries, but they're not productive there and you have to think with Najee Harris missing this game that's not going to necessarily get better so I think this is one matchup where the Falcons probably have the advantage and it's probably best for the Falcons if the Steelers try to run the ball against them they the Falcons aren't great and it's really the tackling I think if the Falcons were to make more tackles they would actually look like a pretty good run defense we see them with opportunities to shut these plays down frequently it's not like guys are just running through gaping holes it's just the tackling hasn't been there um so I think this is an opportunity for the run defense to really show growth and, and just make some tackles. And without Najee Harrison there, it's probably going to be Jalen Warren, who looks like he's going to return off injury. Um, he's been a full participant the last two days. So Warren has been productive in the past on a per carry basis. He's actually been better than Harris. Um, I believe Warren on 38 carries has 5.5 yards per carry, whereas Harris has just 3.7 uh, on his 158 carries. So the sample size is nowhere near as big, but Warren has been a good runner. So I wouldn't necessarily expect their running game to nosedive with Warren in there, but they are dealing with the potential depth issue because Benny Snell was limited to in Thursday's practice. So um, could be a situation where they, you know, they're going to have to really rely on Warren to get this done and they don't have a lot of depth behind him. Um, but again, a lot of that probably has to do with the offensive line in terms of the lack of running game production, they haven't been a good offensive line in Pittsburgh. And I think that's been holding them back. So, um, you know, on the whole, I think this is a pretty good, evenly matched game. Um, I I do think the Falcons should be favored. Uh, I don't think they should be favored by a lot, but I would probably expect the line to be more like three in this game. I I get that betters have like no faith in the Falcons to win anything without Kyle Pitts. And, um, all that stuff. They are at home. They're, the Falcons have been 3-2 and two at home this year. It's the, they have a winning record at home. I do think they're likely to win this game. Um, but the, the Steelers have been improving. And, of course, when you get guys like TJ Watt in here, like that really changes things for a defense, getting that guy back in your lineup. And since he's returned, it's been a much better defense. So it's sort of hard 
on the stats uh, note to really know how to quantify that return. Um, so I think it's important to monitor the injury report, but going into this one, I think I feel good about the Falcons chances to come away with a narrow win on Sunday. Um, I'm sort of predicting like 23 to 20, something like that. Um, I don't think it'll be an easy game. I think it's going to be a hard fought game and we know Steelers fans travel very well. So I expect there to be a, a strong Steelers contingent in Atlanta. Um, but this game much like, I mean, the commanders game was, was ultra important losing that game really narrows the path for the Falcons to potentially make the playoffs. Obviously the Bucks losing con- continues to leave a door cracked open for them. Um, this Steelers game is, is definitely the season. If the Falcons lose this game, it's, you could probably write off their playoff chances as nothing more than like a remote possibility. Um, because it doesn't matter what happens to the Bucks. Um, if the Falcons fall to five and eight, it, they're going to basically be tied they're either going to be tied with the, the Saints for second place. They're going to be tied with this. You know, it's going to become a whole mess, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Because the Saints and the Bucks play this week. So, no matter what, one of those teams is going to win. And if the Falcons lose, then you're in this big mush tie. And you're no longer, you're the only one chasing the Bucks. Now you're in this huge group trying to chase the Bucks, And you, you're basically, your path is almost zero. If the Bucks win, then they're getting, you know, a one and a half game lead over the Falcons. Um... And it's, it's really getting dark. So the Falcons, if they want to keep that door open, have to win this game. Um, this is a must-win situation. There's only five games left for the Falcons to try to catch up. Uh, and they'll be going into their bye. So this game will be important if you're if you're clamoring for Desmond Ritter. If they lose this game, we're probably going to see Ritter after the bye. That would be my expectation. Um, because I don't think their chances of coming out of the bye and realistically having an opportunity, like the, if the Bucks win and then they win again while the Falcons are on bye, Falcons will be two and a half games back. So that with four games to go, I think it's very unlikely that they're catching anybody at that point. Um, so it's tough, uh, but it's possible that the chances remain remote for the Falcons, but if they get this win, everything stays afloat for another week, probably through the bye. Uh, and of course, we can always hope that the Bucks just implode and, and are really bad and that the Falcons are, are duking it out uh, late into the season. But it all sort of hinges on this for the Falcons to stay relevant. Really, they just have to keep winning. They, they have to win. They have to win this game. They have to win at the Saints after that. And if they don't do either of those things, uh, if they don't win this week, then it doesn't really matter. But, if, you know, they can't. It's like every week now is a must win, essentially. So we'll see how they handle that. Um, I'm hopeful, you know, for good things. Uh, but I think either way. We'll get something interesting. Uh, and I think I tweeted it out. The Falcons are simultaneously contending for the division title and a top 10 pick. And and it all hinges on the next couple games. So it's exciting one way or the other. If you're into the draft takes, uh, the draft takes will get fired up in earnest if they lose this game. And, and they'll get delayed a little bit longer if they win. And we'll meet, maybe we talk more about the playoffs. So it's sort of that dichotomy of good and bad that the Falcons are dealing with right now because of the state of the NFC South. So... Again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to our Falcon Steelers game preview here on the Falcoholic Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. We really appreciate that. If you're listening to the audio, leave us a five-star review if you be if you enjoyed it, if you're so inclined. Uh, check out the Patreon page if you're interested in supporting us on a monthly basis. Uh, you get access to ad-free, full-quality downloads of all the podcasts, exclusive patron Q&A sessions, and more. So check all that out if you're interested. Um, we're also going to be starting our senior bowl travel fundraiser this month in December. So if you're interested in donating to that, 
uh, you can do so by going to my Twitter page. If you want to do it through Venmo, if you'd rather donate with a question to read on the stream, you can do it at streamlabs.com slash thefalcoholic slash tip. The link is uh, in one of these little things that shows up if you're watching the video to make sure you spell it right. Um, and we really appreciate all that. That's all going to go towards travel for the Senior Bowl. I will once again be on site to give you the, guys those sweet, sweet draft takes that I know you enjoy so much. So, again, guys, thank you, and we will see you next time for the post-game show coming on Sunday. Until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you then. Have a great day.